Welcome back to True Crime Trine, comma, podcast, comma, true crime. It's a podcast where the planets align and mm-hmm. three individuals get together to bloviate about true crime, astrology, and Are any we other friends anymore? weird bullshit we can fit to this podcast. We are your friendsly host, Hannah, <laughs> Sarah, and Meredith. <laughs> this is episode 38 and our first episode of 2022, which I'm not going to make any predictions about because I feel like I jinxed 2021. Well, this is an even numbered year, so you should be happy. I should be happy. No, in 2019, I posted a, a status that said 2019, fucking bring it. You didn't mean COVID the following year. I didn't. And a crippling depression and all the other things that happened that time. So, you know. Yeah. We are still friends. I was just probing my, uh, my SAT vocabulary. My GRE vocabulary. Individuals. I was like, we're not friends anymore. Did something happen? No. <laughs> I could think of, I could have said comrades. 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 Russian. I sh- actually yeah. should have said it for this one because it's about a Polish person. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Do we have any resolutions as this is our first episode of the new year? Are these podcast resolutions or human resolutions? Either. I want to graduate. Okay. Oh, I also want to graduate, but I'm more concerned about this toenail that I've been trying to fuck it out of. I know. That was too. It's hard. That was my uh, resolution last year on Plans Are Optional, and I've been really diligent about putting on the like antifungal tunnels just grow really slow yeah they do grow really slow kirk ruined his toe bed with like a ski jump that he landed wrong mm. and it like jammed it and broke the the nail bed i'm gonna say because oh. my my nail trigger warning for for nail talk my nail is like sitting above the nail bed just kind of like hanging out there and so i just cut that off a lot but it seems like the new growth is looking better okay so 2022 is going to be your best toe year ever. Because I want to paint my toes again. Yeah. And I, I haven't been because I've been putting this medication on. I want it to breathe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So I, I don't like seeing my naked feet, but we'll, we're working on it. Sweet. All right. And I want to graduate. And I need a job. Well, yeah. Gotta have something to pay the bills. I'm trying. What about you guys? I befriended my porch cat. That was Yay! my resolution Mission accomplished. last year. We still have some trying times. Like the other day I walked out and he hissed at me. <laughs> and I said, wow, buddy, that's not really nice, especially since I'm going to fill your bowl. And then he like hissed and then meowed at the same time. It was like, <laughs> huh. Oh, he's trying. Yeah. It's like everything about this seems uncomfortable, but I'm starting to be okay with it. I'm trying yeah. to figure this out. <laughs> And even today, like, I went out there to give them some more food, and he, like, rubbed on my leg. Aww. So, Aww. Oh, that's good. That's progress. 
we're making progress, but um, so I accomplished that, and I think I accomplished most of my goals, one of which for 2021 was to start a true crime podcast, so ding, 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 wow, ding, 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 I think another one was to wear jeans at least once, and I've done that. All right. We did open up a bit, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then... Yeah, I, I think my other one was like spend a month in Hawaii and that has not happened uh, yet, but I'm hoping 2022. So that will be mine is to complete that resolution and spend a significant amount of time on a beach with a cocktail and a true crime book. Actually, that was also one of mine to go to Hawaii or somewhere like in the Caribbean or something. Mm-hmm. My parents got suckered into a timeshare. Another one? <laughs> No, same one. Oh. But I can use the points. They actually have a number of hotels in Hawaii. Nice. And the Caribbean and Mexico. Ooh. And and Tahoe? And Tahoe. Nice. Wow. It's a timeshare. You you just got to plan ahead of time is the only problem with that. But Sure. Once I have a real adult job, I can actually know a little bit more about what my future holds. Sure. It makes a difference. It does. It's very much... I hope by the end of next year, I will feel settled. He's like watching you guys. Hi, buddy. Otter, what's your resolution? To learn how to open a door? Oh, that's a good one. He's getting really (laughs) close. On a few episodes, he's like... Been pawing at it, trying to turn it. At some point, (laughs) I had some boxes stacked by the garage door, and he's always super curious about getting into the garage. Uh, Lobs loves the garage. Oh, yeah. But like, Otter's not allowed out there because there's like pesticides and stuff, too. So it's like... Mm. Sure. No, but so he, I, I had some boxes stacked up near the garage door handle and that one's a lot looser than this one. Like it doesn't take a whole lot to like turn it when it's actually the deadbolt is unlocked. And he was like pawing and pawing and pawing and pawing, like <laughs> let me in. <laughs> like I want to go out there. Oh, he's, he might get his resolution He as might well. get his resolution. I think I it would think just so, have to be like Otter. one of those, the door handles that isn't a round knob. It needs to be like a, one of the, one like, of those, the like levers. ones. Yeah, lever. Then he totally would be able to push it. I believe in you, buddy. You <laughs> just got to change it. the door handles for him to, yeah. to achieve his <laughs> resolution. Uh, Sarah, do you have any other resolutions besides, besides graduation? graduating? Oh, it's man. a big one. It's a big one. <sighs> Maybe get another tattoo. <gasps> Good. Oh, yes. my God. We should get a tattoo together. That would be cool. Because I still have not got a tattoo and I'm this emo piece of shit that should probably have 20 it by this point <laughs> in my life. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Maybe another tattoo. Graduating. I would really like to get it set up where I could actually sell my art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's an investment to start making gicle prints. Mm-hmm. But, like, just printing them off of a, a normal inkjet printer doesn't work, so... <laughs> Sure. I think you can do it. So that's definitely... Because then I can sell things like on an Etsy shop and bring in a little bit of extra revenue. Heck yeah. Let's make this podcast an yeah, earner. That too. That too. <laughs> yeah. I hate social media, you guys. Uh, same. That's my resolution. Yeah. My okay. podcast resolution is to be better at social media. My podcast resolution is to purchase different editing software to see if it helps speed up the process because I'm a little slow I think still but we'll see Otter what are you doing okay he's like sitting right next to the microphone gonna have to scoot it just don't toot Otter <laughs> he or has toot into the microphone <laughs> <Cat fart. laughs> we haven't captured a cat 
any fart yet. So, you know. No, not Sometimes yet. he has audible ones. It's pretty cute. And they're like, <gasps> what was that? <laughs> yeah. It's like the tiniest little squeaks. And like sometimes they're really stinky. Mine never notice they fart. But like Morris always lays on my lap with his back and towards my face. And every once in a while, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> something just happened. I know it wasn't me. Uh, and it's just like flowing. And I'm just like, woof, buddy. You eat the it's same just food no actual, every like, day. Puff of air. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make the like the sound because they don't have like butt cheeks. But like <laughs> No, but like like the little cap the little butt. Poof. It goes yeah. like Yeah. I'm not sometimes. like focused on it. I miss it. I don't notice till I smell it. Yeah. I've heard Otter a couple of times. <laughs> I've he heard has had audible toots. Audible toots from the cats too, but That should see. be a podcast. Audible toots. <laughs> uh, having an audible toot from a cat on the podcast would be a, a resolution. Okay. If All right. We can attempt. I'll just like hold him, happen. hold him each time next to the microphone, like give him a squeeze. <laughs> like a bellows. Super, like a bellows. Oh my God. <laughs> Mine are not super gassy. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to put a lot of pressure on Otter. Gassy cat. Uh, or he's not know. that tooty, but he does give a few. Well, we've got, what, five cats between us, so. Yeah. Okay, well, let's all climb into my time machine. Another one. That's the door opening. Here we go. And I know. And meet a quote unquote psychic. Ooh. Uh, She is best known as Tilly Klemek, but she was born Tiafila Gberic in Poland in 1876. Ooh. There are going to be a lot of Polish names here. Okay. And she and her family immigrated to the United States when she was an infant, and the family settled in the Little Poland section of Chicago. Ooh. I don't know if it still exists. So by 1895, Tilly was married to Joe Mitkovich. And like many of the women from the past that we've covered, Tilly was known throughout the neighborhood as an excellent cook. Okay. To spice it up a smidge with some witchy bullshit, Tilly also gained a reputation as a psychic. Ooh. She claimed that all of her premonitions came to her in her dreams. And she was especially good at predicting the deaths of neighborhood dogs or sickness in neighbors. Ooh. Uh, No. No, thank you. Sounds like she's making some things come true, maybe. Just to give herself some credibility. (laughs) The most reliable psychic. In 1914, Tilly began predicting that her husband, Joe, was sick and would die within months. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Tilly had been correct before, so neighbors weren't too surprised when Joe died on January 13th, 1914. His cause of death was listed as heart trouble. And Tilly collected about $1,000 in life insurance, which is about 28000 in today's money. Oh, that's not that much. Eh. Tilly did not remain in mourning for long, <laughs> as she married Joseph Ruskowski. Oh, same name then. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Josephs. Oh, shit. It's a Polish thing. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was going to say, like, then it's easy to keep track of them all, right? Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Hey, Joe. We're all fine here. <laughs> I don't think he listens, does he? No, probably not. Yeah. Does he know we have a podcast? I don't know. Uh, anyway, she married Joseph Rakowski on February 27th, 1914. Damn. 
And the funeral for Joseph Mitkiewicz was January 2014. 2014? 1914. 1914, sorry. So, this is about a month after her first husband of 20 years had died. Tilly did not enjoy a 20-year marriage with Joseph, number two, as he got <laughs> ill and passed away on May 20th, 1914. Damn. Wow. He left Tilly $1,200 in savings and $722 in life insurance, which is $53,000 in today's money. Okay. So more. Tilly was apparently determined that 1914 would be the year that she would find her man. So after <laughs> Joe and Joseph, husbands number one and number two, died, Tilly began dating Joseph Guskowski because the Polish... <laughs> Love the name Joseph, apparently. <laughs> Tilly used some of her insurance money to woo him by taking him on a romantic trip to Milwaukee. Aww. She had to woo him? I guess so. And I don't know if Milwaukee would do the trick, but... Because he's like, ma'am, you've got two dead husbands uh, within the year. I'm going to stay clear. But isn't that where they manufacture... Isn't that Budweiser's home? Is it? Oh. There's a beer company that, like, has their manufacturing head in Milwaukee, I thought. Well, maybe she was trying to get him drunk then. But... Yeah. Joseph apparently did not fall for Milwaukee or Tilly, as he did not propose during that trip as Tilly had expected him to do. Well, damn. So Tilly is direct. Miller. It's Miller. Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Miller, best. Milwaukee. If it was cooler, I'd be more into it. So... Tilly gets kind of goes for what she wants. Strong, independent woman. There are some pros here. Mm-hmm. On her way back to Chicago, Tilly switched from wooing to scare tactics. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And told Joseph that her first two husbands had not died of natural causes. They had been poisoned. Yeah, that'll do it. By her. As a ruse to get him to marry her? Yeah, it didn't work. Okay. If you marry me and we live together, I promise I won't kill you like I did the other two Josephs. <laughs> I know. I just... <laughs> Tilly has, like, a vendetta against Josephs. Um, yeah, no, that didn't help Joseph feel comfortable about the idea of having Tilly as his wife. So and Tilly very quickly realized that telling Joseph about her poisoning spree could have been a pretty bad idea. Mm-hmm. So she threatened him with prosecution under the Mann Act. What's the Mann Act? I'm glad you asked. Detour into the Mann Act of 1910. Named after Congressman James Robert Mann. But the name's a bit of a misnomer. It's called the Mann Act. But the idea behind the law was more to end female sex trafficking. And I feel like it did come probably from a good place. uh, But... It was also known as the White Slave Traffic Act, and it made okay. yeah, it made it a felony to engage in interstate or foreign commerce transport of quote any woman or girl for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery or any other immoral purpose. Okay. May have been a bit of an overreaction because I don't think white slavery was the real problem. And there was a lot of, let me say, at the very least, Chinese human trafficking happening at that time. And I don't think that law looked at that at all. (sighs) But 
The law was envisioned to combat forced prostitution, but this vague wording uh, allowed for people to prosecute consensual sexual activity as well. And so it became known as the Blackmail Act. Because what is a moral purpose to you? Oh, weird. Ooh, I don't like that at all. I know. This opened the door to prosecution of unmarried couples participating in premarital or extramarital activities. Okay. And the U.S. government has used it to prosecute polygamists, mostly Mormons, as the U.S. has no federal law against polygamy. Let's just keep the government out of people's fucking bedrooms. Uh, The government is a voyeur. And then I was looking this up. Technically, since um, since prior to the Supreme Court ruling in Lawrence v. Texas in 2003, sodomy was still illegal in many states, but there is no record of the Mann Act being used against gay couples. So. Okay. Okay. It has never been repealed, but it has been amended and edited since its original passing. So 1978 amendments were added to address child pornography and other forms of sexual exploitations. Okay. And then in 1986, it was amended to become gender neutral, which seemed progressive in 1986. Yeah, sure, yeah. And removes the ambiguous phrasing, and now it outlaws interstate or foreign transport of quote unquote any person for purposes quote any sexual activity for which a person can be charged with a criminal offense so they took out the immoral purpose thing yeah sure and yeah that's really like wishy-washy that was so wishy-washy and like they they definitely use the wishy-washy to their advantage or how about just like no shipping of people beyond their will yeah why does that have to be for just sex well i don't don't Nineteen ten. I don't know. Okay. Well, that might fall under just like kidnapping, then. Oh, that too. Right. Yeah. Because you're not necessarily kidnapped for sex trafficking, but like sex trafficking is, like in its own, a different crime. Yeah. So anyway, the law is weird. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to nineteen fourteen when the Man Act was a bit more loosey goosey. Joseph called Tilly's bluff. He said, fine, you go to the police and I will go with you and tell them about your poisoning ways and the two husbands that died because of you. So, yeah, I said the same thing. Good. I admire his backbone. But anchoring Tilly might not have been the best idea because Joseph died very shortly after this argument. (laughs) Did she, like, cook for him? How? (laughs) Why would he accept any meals from her? Joseph has his, like, smart moments and his dumb moments. (laughs) Like every other human. I've scared the woman into submission. Now she's definitely just going to give me normal food. But I'm hangry. (laughs) So I will eat what she gives me. She makes a mean Polish dog. She's a good cook, I said. So, you know. And his sister, Stella, also became extremely ill at the same time, but she did recover. Hmm. Maybe she was dosed. I'm going to say she definitely was. Yeah. Ah, so in March 1919, Tilly got married for a third time to Frank Kupsik. So a new first name. They found a new name. It's Frank. It's not Joseph. Also another name for a hot dog or sausage. Oh my God. Oh, I love hot dogs. (laughs) I remember last year when it was my birthday and you just made me hot dogs for my birthday and I was so happy about it. Yes. (laughs) 
That was good. Just like regular hot dogs? Yeah. Or... Okay. And I didn't want a bun. She's one of the hot dogs. I want the hot dog and like some three or mayonnaise and relish. Yeah. All right. Were you drinking as well? Oh, yeah. Well, I have a birthday ritual, which is I want a creme old brulee. Old fashions and creme and brulee. old fashions. And so Sarah made creme brulees as well because we couldn't go out last year. Nice. So I got what I needed. <laughs> creme brulee and a hot dog. <laughs> or three. Uh I love hot dog. I, I have a lot of different. I have my like bougie side and I have my white trash side. And they're trying to like live together. It was a, it was a strange pairing, but it, it worked for her. It was, it was what good. she needed. It was what I needed. Yeah, that's awesome. So would you call that bougie trash? But back to Tilly and Frank. Even though he had a different first name, it didn't seem like the happiest of marriages. And Frank fell ill after two years of matrimony. Tilly started telling everyone that she had seen the future. And in that future, Frank would be dead. (sighs) Tilly also loved a good deal. And so when she saw an ad for a $30 coffin, she ran and asked her landlady if she could store the coffin in the basement until it was needed. Which would be very soon, according to Tilly's visions. Oh, Jesus. Her landlady said hard pass and told her that the very idea of buying a coffin for a living man was morbid. Yeah, it's like a such a bad omen. Yes. Even as Tilly insisted, quote, my husband, he's only got two inches to live, end quote. Inches? She didn't quite learn English all the way. Oh, okay. okay. And I also don't know what a Polish accent is. Uh, I'm not sure if Tilly ever bought the sale coffin, but she definitely did buy a few yards of expensive black fabric and then sat herself next to Frank's sick bed where she sewed herself a lovely funeral hat. (laughs) This one just really loves, like, mourning and wearing black, I guess. And, like, (laughs) torturing her husbands. Oh, man. Because he's, like, in the bed, like, I'm not dead yet. (laughs) You don't need that hat. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna get better woman he died on april 25th 1921 uh until he didn't even pretend to feel sad about it during the wake she played upbeat music on her victrola and at one point (laughs) i know we're back in the the day at one point she literally grabbed her dead third husband by the ear lifted it up into like a seated position in the coffin and declared quote you devil you won't get up anymore. Uh, but, but Frank's cause of death was bronchial pneumonia. So Tilly got $675 in life insurance or $19,000 in today's money. Sounds like she's getting diminishing returns on yeah. these uh, life insurances. Well, the first one, she's kind of, she'll average, I feel like an average of about 20000 maybe. But okay. to her neighbors, Tilly appeared to be omniscient. Omniscient. Why did I write this when I was sober? <laughs> Tilly is here to know everything. You cannot write omniscient sober omniscient and read them drunk. No, you gotta write drunk and edit sober, but you know. Yes. My bad. So, question for you. Where's the best place to meet your fourth husband? The funeral home. At your third husband's funeral, of course. No. Yeah, yes. So, Tilly married 
Joseph. Klimek. <laughs> On July 30th, night. He's like, man, this woman's a hoot. She's dancing with her dead husband right now. I know. She's fun. So July 30th. So just 1921. Yeah. So So three months later. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Uh, Joseph was unconcerned about being a fourth husband, saying, quote, as soon as we were married, she burned up all the photographs of her husbands and her man friends, and she tore up all her letters. She had my picture on the mantle, and that was all. So she burned all the evidence, and you're okay with that? <laughs> He's like, but my picture's up there. I'm the Look, big it's me. I'm the big man. <laughs> that reminds me of my nephew when he was like two. If you'd ever take a picture of him, and he he would just be like, "See Jack," because oh. he would just wanted to see himself. Like, Aww, that's so cute. Take a picture, see Jack. <laughs> like, look there, Aww. I am. <laughs> that's adorable so cute I feel like that's what this this other joseph is look there's joseph see joe <laughs> joe on the mantle yeah only that's joe so cute. <laughs> i think i have to tell our joe to listen to this <laughs> well tilly wasn't happy however i don't know how to make tilly happy but she complained to her cousin Nellie kulik Nellie suggests divorce cool-headed <laughs> as i always do as well but tilly responded quote no i will get rid of him. i see a divorce in my future no, <laughs> no I, I don't i see myself it's not as dramatic getting rid of him some other way nelly the cousin could read a room and so before tilly left nelly gave her a tin of rough on rats rat poison <laughs> and i found the cutest advertisement for Rough on Rats, which showed a bunch of shocked cats surrounding a tin of Rough on Rats, and the cats were saying, Our occupation gone! Rough on Rats did it! It was very, it's like the 1920s. It was very adorable. I'll try to post it on the website. Okay. Rat poison is basically arsenic, by the way, in the yes. 1920s. Okay, so over the next few weeks, Joseph got sicker and sicker until he began predicting his death. Huh. Unfortunately for Tilly, Joseph had a concerned brother who insisted on taking Joseph to the hospital where, yeah, where the doctors immediately recognized the symptoms of arsenic poisoning, which include leg and arm stiffening and breath smelling of garlic. Oh. Interesting. So cyanide is almonds, arsenic is garlic. Garlic, yeah. And Joseph, since they caught it, he was able to survive after a very long hospital stay. And Tilly was arrested. On oh, good. October 26, <laughs> 1922, for the attempted murder of Joseph Klemek. She did not take it well. <laughs> Tilly. Tilly. Tilly telling the police officer who arrested her, quote, The next one I want to cook a dinner for is you. Oh, you made all my wow. trouble. <laughs> I know. End quote. No, Tilly. Tilly. You made your own Tilly, trouble. Tilly, calm down. Tilly would not get a chance to cook a dinner for this nice man because the police received several anonymous letters after her arrest telling them to exhume her third husband. And when they did, they found a body absolutely full of arsenic. Mm. Wow. Because he was the one of the shorter time frames. Yeah. The first one, the 20-year one, he lived a long time. The other one's not as good, but... So, I don't know exactly why this happened, but Tilly was taken to visit her fourth husband while he was in the hospital and she was in custody. No! (laughs) 
here, eat this jello. <laughs> and Joseph, you. So while Joseph just tried to get Tilly to tell him why she had decided to poison him, Tilly got bored and replied, I don't know. Don't bother me anymore. Okay. During the visit, Tilly also heard Joseph ask the nurse for a glass of water, and Tilly stopped the nurse and told her, If he makes any trouble for you, take a two-by-four board and hit him over the head with it. But she also sealed the the visit with a kiss for Joseph. Wow. There's a lot of things happening here. She seems really, really unstable. Yeah. Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tilly. The police continued their investigation. Two of Tilly's cousins claimed that Tilly had killed four of their siblings. After a dinner, yeah. After a dinner where Tilly had got into a fight with their mother, and so she thought the best way to harm the mother was to go after the mother's children. Oh, which is true. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Not all of Tilly's victims died. Two neighbors came forward to say that they had fallen deathly ill after getting in a tiff with Tilly. One woman had gotten into an argument with Tilly herself, and the other woman had talked with Joseph until he didn't like it. Oh. Which Joseph? The last Joseph. <laughs> okay. Possessive much. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Possessive much and the last Joseph. All okay. Josephs are Tilly's. I don't know if you know that. Nellie, Til- Tilly's cousin, was also arrested after her first husband was exhumed and found to be full of arsenic. No she, she was the one who gave her the box of rat poison, right? She did. And suspiciously, in 1917... Nellie's twin children, Sophie and Ben Sturmer, and her granddaughter, Dorothy, all died. Her son, John, and daughter, Lillian, were also ill that year, but they recovered, although Lillian never quite got back to health and had a lot of heart trouble. So she's killing her own kids, too? That's Nellie. Oh, Nellie. This runs in the family. It runs in the family. They're cousins. Kissing cousins? That's not the right word for it, but no. they're they're close arsenic cousins. Like, yeah, this worked for me. It will work for you. I'm pretty sure that Tilly did the first murder, though. Okay, told Nellie about it. Nellie killed her first husband and a couple kids. Had the Jesus. rough on rats available and gave it back to Tilly. So, in all, the victim count was estimated <sighs> to be twenty. Mm-hmm. Twelve wow. dead, seven alive but in poor health, and one missing. Missing? Uh-huh. The missing was simply known as Myers, and very little was known about him. So he was suspected to have been a lover, or maybe even a husband, of Tilly's sometime between her second and third marriage. Because there was like a five-year gap. Yeah, between the Joes. 1914 didn't end up working out for her. She like waited a little bit. To 1919. Yeah. So she, had, she has patience. She had a few years. <laughs> Poor Myers. Whoever you are, if you are even Myers. Hmm. Wow. So, the press and Little Poland were obsessed with this case and began talking about the possibility of a poisoning belt that ran through Little Poland and that Tilly ruled over this poisoning belt as the, quote, High Priestess of the Bluebeard Click. <laughs> do you know what, what that means what does that mean i have no idea i've heard this before and i'm like i don't know what that means so let me tell you the terrifying french folktale bluebeard there's a oh. lot there's a lot of tangents in this one <laughs> that's fine 
So, in this folktale, Bluebeard was a wealthy and powerful nobleman who had been married several times and was mysteriously widowed each time. Bluebeard got it in his head that he next wanted to marry one of his neighbor's daughters, but all of the neighbor's daughters were terrified of the idea. However, after a nice banquet where Bluebeard was charming and behaved himself, the youngest daughter agrees to be his wife and they go and live in his fancy house in the countryside. Bluebeard gets called away on business and gives his newest wife the keys to the castle, telling her that they will open any door in the house, but there is this underground chamber that she is not to go into. A Pandora's box situation, perhaps. Then she's like, well, now that I know about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go in there. Obviously. As soon as I seen your cart leave the driveway. Yeah. She 100% did. And Bye. so uh, she found the underground chamber was flooded with blood and the corpses of Bluebird's former wives were hanging from hooks on the wall. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. And shock, she accidentally dropped the key. But she was able to retrieve it, ran from the room. She tried to clean the blood off the key, but she discovered it was a magic key. And the blood cannot be cleaned off. Oh. So, when Bluebeard returns home, he sees the bloody key. And he knows. And he knows. Yeah. And he is furious. (sighs) And he threatens to kill her on the spot. And she was able to placate him enough for him to let her go and have one last prayer with her sister. While she was praying, her brothers arrive and kill Bluebeard. Okay. It does have a pretty happy ending because this last wife inherited all of his fortune and castle and whatnot. She's like, but just clean that entire room out, please. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to put another lock on that. Wait, what if that was his trick every time to find out if his wives would, like, obey him is if he gave him the key and was like, don't go in this room. And then he ended up killing them in that room. 100%. Oh, okay. With yeah. this magic key that you can't wash blood off of? Mm. The story's a little misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Wives aren't to be trusted. <laughs> Neither are husbands. True. I mean, like, They're yeah. playing games with you. And in the end, the wife does inherit all the fortune and whatnot. Hooray! And she was able to help the, her siblings, you know, make good marriages, and then was finally able to remarry herself. Somehow able to move on from this horrible first marriage without without any source of therapy. I don't imagine myself ever moving on from this first marriage, but good job, youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. And then I just have a s- super random. We're gonna get academic English class right now. Row. Folklorist Bruno Bettelheim had some thoughts about the Bluebeard folktale. He does consider it a fairy tale because of the inclusion of the magic key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bettelheim equates the key with penis. Quote, particularly the first intercourse when the hymen is broken and blood gets on it. End quote. For Bettelheim, the blood on the key is a symbol of the wife stepping out on her husband. I have a lot of feelings about this interpretation. That's a yeah. So many feelings. Because, like, if she already is married, already it would broke be broken anyway. So, yeah, no. I read that and I was like, yeah. the academia gets real weird sometimes. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that's Bluebeard. 
I still don't quite understand why the newspapers thought she was a leader of the Bluebeard's clique because he didn't use poison, but he did kill all of kill. his wives. So, so like the killing of spouses, killing of yeah. spouses, serially yeah. killing of yeah. spouses. All right, back to Tilly and Nellie. Uh, they spent a year together in jail, and Tilly tormented Nellie the whole time, telling her, "Oh, they're gonna hang you today, Nellie." Whenever the guards removed Nellie from her cell. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) So she doesn't even really have familial ties. And Tilly should have been the one who was concerned about hanging. Because Nellie was a... Sorry. Nellie was acquitted somehow, even after her own children testified against her. Huh. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't know exactly why, but Tilly was the one that the justice system really, like, singled out for punishment. Maybe they just didn't like her. Right, because she's like antagonizing people. She does sound antagonizing. So, like, maybe they were just like, you know what? We're done with your shit. We're just gonna throw the book at you. She seems like an unhinged troll. Yeah. Well, she also didn't behave as a typical woman of the time. And like Nellie was very like had hysterics, was crying. She was like what they would expect a woman to do in nineteen twenty-two or whatever. Whereas Tilly remained silent, controlled, and defiant throughout her arrest and trial. So it could also have made the men uncomfortable. But she also killed a bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah. But so did Nellie. But anyway, the judge asked for a, quote, psychopathic lab report, (laughs) which I really want to have my students give me one of those. Lab reports? Psychopathic lab reports? Sounds great. I filled out a psychopathic questionnaire for Otter the other day. For Otter? Oh. How is he doing? (laughs) Oh, he's like a 1.6 out of 5. He's very low on the spectrum. And it's mostly because he's bold, but not like defiantly bold. He's not like antagonistic. He doesn't attack people. He just mostly wants to be where you are. Okay. And like even if there's a group of 10 people in a room, he still wants to hang out with the people. Morris has gotten more antagonistic in his old age, and Wobbles has gotten <laughs> chiller. Oh. Anywho, the psychopathic lab report reported that Tilly was subnormal mentally and suffers from dementia praecox. Hmm. Means nothing in the 1920s. Whatever. With the intellect of an 11-year-old. However, Tilly never learned English very well. And so this language barrier could also mm. have contributed to this diagnosis. Right. Sure. Because she sounds like a smart person. I don't think she has the intellect of an 11-year-old. That doesn't seem no. right at all. I think maybe 15. She seems crafty, she's but she's still hasty. like... She's, yeah, she's impatient. She's very like, I want this done now kind of thing. Immature, but still Immature. intelligent. Yeah. But she reacts on emotions super, like, yeah. easily. You've wronged me. <laughs> Goodbye. Off with your head. Let me knit my hat. <laughs> your funeral will be so much fun, and I will find my next suitor. I got you a coffin that was on sale, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I won't even pay full price for you. Okay, but never pay full price for a coffin. They're overpriced. Don't pay for <laughs> yeah, a coffin. They're... Don't buy a coffin. Don't embalm. Don't embalm. Cremate or throw your body on a mountain somewhere. Yes. Tibetan sky burial. Yes. There's also the tree one where you can like, oh, yeah. become Those are cool part too. of the Food tree. for trees. Mm-hmm. Tilly insisted that Frank had died from alcohol poisoning, and he was kind of known to be an alcoholic. Uh, she also claimed that she had loved all her husbands, saying, quote, I loved them, 
They loved me. They just died same as other people. I'm not responsible <laughs> for that. I could no help if they wanted to die. End quote. <laughs> wanted is a wow. word choice. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor did not buy it, as you can tell from his closing statements, where he said, quote, Gentlemen, because there was only men on the jury, the death penalty has never been inflicted upon a woman in this state. The defendant is like a good many other women in this town. She thinks she can get away with it. There are a lot of women, gentlemen, who are waiting your verdict in this case. I feel that the death penalty should be inflicted, and I mean it. Yikes. Yeah, who yeah. who hurt you, sir? That's a lot. Yeah, maybe he was dating Tilly. <laughs> Someone else is following. She their was emotions. a lover. <laughs> so the jury found Tilly guilty of marrying Frank Koopsik, which was the only case that was brought to the court. Sure, but the gentlemen of the jury were not quite ready to sentence a woman to death. Women had just gotten the right to vote. Isn't that enough? It's equality. We're fine. So Tilly was sentenced to life in prison which at the time was the harshest sentence ever given to a woman in Cook County. Okay. Tilly didn't seem to mind and uh, telling her guards as they brought her back to the prison uh, that she was glad to leave the courtroom because it was really hot in there. <laughs> Tilly seems to have done fine in prison, telling a reporter that she has caught up on her spring sewing and she liked the prison food. Oh my god. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, there's none of that... Uh garlic alternative arsenic in it yeah although they gave her a needle yeah i don't know she died in prison on november 30 i'm sorry november 20th 1936 so this verdict was actually a bit surprising for the time because there had been a number of husband killers who had come before the court and were found not guilty and so just before tilly's trial a cora orthwine had been released without charges and was described as quote a dashing, well-dressed North Side beauty. <laughs> was she prettier than Tilly then? Yes. So Genevieve Forbes, okay. a reporter during Tilly's trial, put it bluntly, saying, quote, Tilly Clemeth went to the penitentiary because she had never gone to a beauty parlor. <laughs> <laughs> and only four women had been found guilty before Tilly's trial. We have Hilda Axlin, quote, not a beauty. Vera Trepanier, quote, more than middle-aged. Emma Simpson, quote, judged insane. And Dora Waterman, quote, no beauty. Tilly was described by various newspapers as squat, with a lumpy figure, and a greasy complexion. So Tilly didn't stand a chance. Okay. If we have any listeners in Chicago, Tilly's house is still around. Located on the 900 block of North Winchester Avenue, and it is thought to be haunted. In 2014, the building's Wi-Fi was named, quote, Old Lady Tilly Clement's Haunted House. Oh, I love I it. I love it. I don't know if it still is, but I love it. And then I also have another detour. If you are going on the ghost tour of Chicago, please go to the Haunted Hooters. <laughs> located on the corner of Erie and Wells. <laughs> Uh, because in 1875, before the Hooters was established, quote, hard and stiff, the death rigor intensified by the bitter cold, 
There lay upon the next slab the naked form of a beautiful woman. Stockies covered the feet and a portion of shapely limbs, but the rest <laughs> of her person was nude. They were excited about the ankles back then. Very. Someone died there and the reporter got a little hard on. Okay, time out. You said Hardenstiff was his name? No, that was the quote. I was like, wow, what an appropriate name. And he got Hardenstiff. Because I really like the part about the shapely limbs. Yeah. Sir. But since then, people have heard whispers in the basement of the property, which is now a Hooters. So please go visit. (laughs) You can get chicken wings. This is the most off-topic script I've ever written, but I'm going to keep going. I tried to do astrology on Tilly. I mostly failed, but I did find some fun facts. All right. Do you want fun facts? Yeah, absolutely. Most articles say that Tilly was born in 1876, but they don't provide any specific date. And so I did a quick Google to see if any major astrological events happened in 1876, which no, nothing happened. But I found myself on the Wikipedia page for 1876 in science. So, to stay in space for a minute, 1876 was the first year that the great white spot was observed on Saturn. Oh. This next one is mostly for biologists, but 1876 was the year that Robert Koch demonstrated that the bacterium Bacillus anthracis was the source of anthrax. Oh. Yes. The first time a bacterium was ever directly shown to cause a disease. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And 1876 was the first time that meiosis was observed. Whoa. That's cool. Yeah. And I have a last fun fact for everyone who's tired right now, which includes all of our hosts. 1876 was the year that Carolina Olsen a Swedish woman, fell into a hibernation of sorts that lasted for 32 years. What? What? Yes. On February 22nd, 1876, Carolina complained of a toothache. Since it was 1876, her family suspected witchcraft. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, did, for a toothache? Did take her to the doctor. <laughs> and so when Carolina went to bed that night, she did not wake up the next morning. Instead, she stayed in a vegetative state for 32 years. Holy Whoa. fuck. Subsisting on two glasses of milk a day that were poured down her throat by her mother. And when her mother Jesus. died, a nurse. When she suddenly woke up, she had retained all of her memories of the time before she went into the vegetative state and could still read and write. Uh, she had not wow. appeared to age very much and was described as appearing no older than 26. Well, yeah, because she hadn't been using any of her, like, facial muscles. Oh, what was that movie? Awakenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a book club on this where we read the book Awakenings by Oliver Sacks. Encephalitis lethargica or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But that was more in the 50s. Yeah. And it, like, never was figured out what exactly happened to everybody. Because apparently in, like, the late teens, early 20s of the 1900s, people just went into these vegetative states for fucking forever. And they just got shunted into homes and whatever. And then Oliver Sacks, the author of Awakenings, is a doctor. And he was able to figure out that L-Dopa was able to revive them. Some of them. Yeah. It went badly in some cases. But it would, it would like, bring back their ability to, like... 
And they all look very young still. Yeah, because they hadn't they hadn't had no any UV that. damage. I'm just thinking like, how can I get away with faking this <laughs> so I can just take a really like, fucking oh no. long nap? <laughs> there yeah. there are some skeptics <laughs> that think she was faking it, but how could she swallow two glasses of milk? Thirty two years. She's getting up in the middle of the night to get snacks from the fridge. <laughs> Had she atrophied? What about her, like, nails and hair and stuff? Did they cut them for her? I assume they cut them for her because her mom took care of her until she- her mother died and then she had a nurse. So I'm- I assume Did they, they brush her teeth? Did anyone brush their teeth in 1876? <laughs> Ew! <laughs> she just really smells like sour milk. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. So- Interesting, Awakenings by Oliver Sacks. Do I recommend the book? I don't know. Eh. And I haven't seen the movie yet, but I really want to. The movie was disappointing. No. And like, I mean, it was it was a good movie, but it was just like, oh, God, <laughs> watching it play out. It's a really interesting medical mystery that yes, these people sure. just went dark, basically, in like 1920. And we're not woken up again until the 1950s or 60s when they were given some L-Dopa. It felt like it had the same plot trajectory as Flowers for Algernon. Which I haven't read, but I I own the book. Okay. No spoilers for this old ass book. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love this story. So the mm-hmm. press also was fascinated by this story, but Carolina and her family went into hiding to avoid the attention which is unfortunate for me and all of you because they, they never talk to them again. There's no more information about them. Aww. But she but she woke up. She woke up and she remembered everything that happened before she went to sleep. That's crazy. Still could read and write. Looked extremely young. I'm about to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do that? Can I get away with that? I'm going to go take read a nap. Read Awakening by Al- Oliver Sacks and see how yeah. that goes. So when people aren't there, then I can read my books. Oh, yeah. And write, write scripts. scripts. Yeah. And they're all sleeping when I podcast, so okay. they wouldn't know. I was like, don't go away for 32 years, because uh, that's a <laughs> long time. We might not even have podcasts 32 years from now. So that's 1876, as fun facts in science by Hannah. I love it. There was one recent article that said that Tilly was born on October 22nd, 1877. I have no... Scorpio. Libra. Well... Libra? You said October 22nd? Wait a minute. That's Scorpio. It's Scorpio? Yeah. Yeah, As of the 21st. It's Libra. It's right on the cusp. On the 22nd or 23rd of each year, the sun swims into watery Scorpio. Okay. Oh, so she's either between super intense Scorpio or batty Libra. <laughs> I have no idea where they got this date from, because every other thing I read said she was born in 1876, a different year. Yeah. yeah. But if she was born on October 22nd, then she's probably a Libra. And I'm fine with that because I'm still not that into Libras. <laughs> or she's on the cusp. She might be a Libra Scorpio cusp. Okay. This seems a lot more like a Scorpio action because in the script I wrote, it seems odd fit for a Libra because they're most known for just wanting to please everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Peacemakers. That's why I was singing Scorpio. Even at the expense of what they want. Mm-hmm. 
She wants a husband, but her Scorpio side keeps killing him. Well, Libras do get (laughs) bored very easily and are more focused on the big new ideas than following through with those ideas. Sure. So that could, but this is, I, mm, this feels more like a Scorpio to me and she's right on the cusp. So it's hard to say. And this fact might not even be true. So it's harder to say. (laughs) I also see November 20th as a birthday. What the fuck? Oh, man. But then she's still a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. My Scorpio Venus and yeah. Tilly and I are friends. I am looking at her pictures, and I would say that she's an interesting-looking lady. She is, but she must have had some sort of charm because she got married four times, even after- She's a good cook. She's a good cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's important. Especially- in like the 1920s like i don't think yeah. men were cooking very much or in my household today uh i'm trying to have i'm trying to have hope for the future here actually andrew's a really good cook good well i'm wrapped up with tilly very vague astrology because i'm not sure what the true answer is here I like it. And I like the same year. Like, if you don't have astrology stuff, just yeah. cool stuff that's happened that year. Because sometimes it's a yeah, really big awesome. eclipse or an asteroid or a comet or something, yeah. which is what I was looking mm-hmm. for. But nothing that cool happened in the sky. Well, for additional astrological fun stuff, this episode airs on January 3rd. Happy <laughs> New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year. Between January 3rd and January 4th is the peak of the Quadrantides meteor shower. Oh, cool. Oh, a meteor shower. I don't know. How to say I don't know. It. It's Quadrantids. Quadrantids. And typically, meteor showers represent like awareness of the recognition of something like beyond you, right? Something more spiritual. And it's also a really good time to like look deep within ourselves and reflect, we'll say. So it might be a good time frame to make your New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Or wish on all the shooting stars you see. Yeah. <laughs> Take time to reflect. Make a resolution that will make you a better person. Absolutely. And we would love to hear what your guys' New Year's resolutions are. So reach out to us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, Facebook, TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com and check out our website at www.truecrimetrine.com. I'm caught up. Also, all I can think is quadranted. Quadranted. Quadranted? Quadranted. Quadranted sounds good. Like you were saying it right before. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to add, I don't know if you have heard of the comedian Joe Coy. Another Joe? Well, this is what made me think of it. So this comedian is really fantastic if you've ever seen him, but he does this bit where he talks about his mom and she's Filipino and he talks like in his mom's voice and he's always like, just said... (laughs) Which is so funny. But one of his bits or whatever you call them, I don't know what you call them. He talks about looking for something like looking for his keys or whatever. And that his mom would say, you've got to look with your eyes, Joseph, not with your mouth. (laughs) Which is hilarious, right? (laughs) Look with your eyes. 
I use that with my daughter all the time because I'm like, you got to look with your eyes to find something, not with your mouth. Don't just ask me. And and so it's kind of a running joke in our family. So whenever I hear the word Joseph, I always say Joseph. I'm in your heart a lot tonight. (laughs) So many Josephs. I was secretly laughing all episodes because all I hear is Joseph. 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 <laughs> Anyways, happy New Year's, everyone. Yes, happy New Year's. Welcome 2022. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.